Howdy guys, Backcountry and Barbells coming at you yet again, Jeremy Day, Joe Shamanic, trying to get you to train, hunt, and live the best lives possible through um, through our exploits, just uh, chatting about them somewhere along the way. You can uh, you can uh, follow our advice or at least not make the mistakes we make. Um, like today, uh, you, know, you know, Jeremy, you know you have a good friend when you screw something up early in the morning and they're not pissed at you. So thanks a lot, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know I've done it to you a few times. Yeah, so. yeah. Yes, that I'll say this. That's been the one thing, you know. I, you know, you can you can you can judge maybe a person's true character by what they like do in chaos. And I don't even know if I would call this Corona situation chaos as much as I would just say it's like limbo, right? I would call it more purgatory than chaos. But I, I will say that I was getting more done when I was working the full-time schedule and trying to cram stuff in as opposed to now where I'm just kind of like limping around the house. Does, does that like, I'm definitely someone who's like task driven and, and like, I need, I need almost a little bit of adversity to, to get things done, you know, like to have my back against the wall. Okay. I, I have this regimented day. Like I get up and work Monday through Friday. I have this amount of time to do this extra stuff. I was getting more stuff than now. Now, like with this example, you know, like, um, you know, not having to get up all the time. I'm not really used to getting up all the time. <laughs> I know. You know. Well, yeah. You know, the first um, when I opened up my first business, um, a guy told me, he said, Jeremy, always stay as busy as possible so that your mind is always in the game because when you have slow times and your mind isn't in the game that's when you make mistakes that's when you get lackadaisical that's when um, things go awry but if you're always constantly doing things and keeping your mind sharp and keeping it going you're always thinking like rapid bam 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 everything's systematic so i think by nature we're wired to always have constant stimuli coming in and you know getting those radio waves in your brain activated all the time yeah you're kind of tuned in right yeah so you know so guilty is charged here and there you know you let things slip a little bit um here and there but you know i I know we've been beating up this corona thing super interesting still it looks like it looks like at least from um uh the washington w is it washington (laughs) Uh, par- it's not see all these state agencies have their different their different names right it's parks and rec um but it's the department of fish and wildlife here in washington um wdfw yeah i can never say it wdfw there it is it's like um but so they are loosening things up so it looks like we will have a a short bear and a short turkey season where they will honor some tags or just pushing everything back um so we'll we will be able to get out and push in for some turkey which is awesome so if you think amen if you so if you think about it with all this craziness we missed the youth season but um we really didn't miss that many days off the the turkey season the general no i think what 16 yeah no 15 days that's it so it'll it'll be super interesting to see um who gets out this opening weekend I'm, i'm interested to see if it's like super crowded out there this opening weekend um are you going to go out i'm not going to be able to get out this opening weekend um or week uh are you going to be able to get out no no um so, so it opens up on tuesday yep and um that weekend i have to go pick up my son from boise oh very you're gonna drive. load up all of his stuff and then bring it bring it home nice well very cool yeah so we're gonna take off sunday come back tuesday next week okay so we're or still following week we're still getting out there on um, that weekend uh, in the middle of the month, which will be great. Um, but uh, it, it'd it be interesting to see if there's like, you know, because one of the big issues is can these rural areas handle an influx of people? And I just wonder if when you, I just wonder if more people are going to be, if this opening weekend will be different than other turkey opening weekends. You know, I think it's going to have the same impact as your opening weekend. Yeah. Um, may, maybe a little bit more because there are some guys, you know, like Phelps, who waits until the first couple weeks of May to go hunting. So maybe it will be doubled up a little bit. But I think our strategy to go to the area that we have, that we've been going to, and then backpacking in is going to be a great strategy because we never see people back there when we do go. Sure. I hope so. 
it, it should be cool. You know, hopefully, you know, I'm thinking of just buying both tags right away then. So we could just have them. Yeah, just smoke <laughs> four birds. Yeah, so we'll smoke four birds right out there. That'd be the way to go. Um, so so we'll see. Because uh, the one thing I don't see, though, I, I don't see this situation bringing new hunters into the fold. You know what I mean? So I don't know if there'll be a bunch of new people out. I just wonder if there'll be more concentrated groups of folks in different spots. So we'll see. But you never know until you get out there. I think it's great that it's loosening up and it, it points to... It points to um, elk season probably being a full go and, and, and fall hunting being business as usual, which is nice. Um, one thing I do do want to say that's really interesting is um, there have been big, giant things that have actually improved because of this uh, coronavirus, because of this pandemic. And in particular, um, one of them is like carbon emissions from cars and stuff. Uh, I saw one little report that like, emissions were down like like to levels that were 10 years ago and and you know you have to attribute that to just not many cars being on the road you know i haven't been stuck in traffic in a long time and 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 uh, i just wonder if that will get thoughts on climate change or what people believe about it or 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 any of this stuff to our individual behaviors really do impact the environment globally right so along with the carbon emissions being better you have to imagine that because cars aren't on the road as much or some other things that there's some other natural things like maybe the animals have gotten a break because they didn't get pressured as much shed hunting so i just wonder if like if the positive to all this isn't that hey we are impacting this whole global community in a really interesting way and that individual behaviors can be changed to make a difference and um, that we should probably consider doing some of those things like driving less, managing your trash a little bit better, maybe not consuming so many different things. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to search for positives in this thing as, as we look to come out of it the right way. And um, I think that's one that I'm going to try and hang on to. No, I think that's a good one. I think um, I think you're right. I mean, we it is having a positive effect, and um, it's kind of interesting because if you could compare it into the hunting world, like uh, the introduction of wolves and how it um, is supposed to have, uh, you know, created or improved the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Damn it, I just had it in my head, but um, improve improve the ecosystem. Yeah. So if this coronavirus is the the wolf of the world hmm. and it's helping the environment, it's helping kind of help sustain things and, and get people to think different like the elk, deer, all the other predators having to think differently now that the introduction of wolves. I don't know, man. It's kind of weird when you think about it all in those terms. Yeah, no, it is. I mean – it's it's we're we're all part of a uh, we're all part of the system and and it's funny that a little critter like a virus can cause so much change and havoc and um you know and there's there's always going to be a a reaction to things and things change and things happen but um you know well what I think is interesting Joe is that your positive spin on it right because you could look at it in in a negative format and say how it's ruined my life because of this and that yeah. and that but then then what do you, how are you thinking you're thinking of i i me me and not the community the global the world you know in those other uh, other ways so it's a better concept of thinking is to just look at the positive of yeah well don't the, the outcome well don't get me wrong i look at it positively very selfishly too i mean oh yeah <laughs> like, that's nature right that's yeah. that's part of human nature well too like i just i found that i'm pretty miserable when i think of miserable shit <laughs> i mean like i just <laughs> yeah you know like so it's just like okay how can i make the best of this damn situation and to be honest like i've been hanging out with the family a lot that's been great it's been obviously been catching up on some sleep which is awesome i've been reaching out to folks and you know i find different ways to to do it and you know it's just it's the only way to live sane for me to to kind of keep things as positive as possible and you know as again just looking through this it's it's like you know you just got to find the way to do that i just think it's a it's a better way to go about it 
um, it's 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 healthier for me, and whatever's healthy for for all y'all folks. Hopefully, you're you're getting through it and getting ready because it looks like we're going to come at the end. I just I think the biggest loss in this lesson, though, is like okay, we had this we had this six week to two months where we were kind of you know following state orders to stay in our house. Like, what can we learn from it to make the next you know, two years or 10 years or whatever better. And to be honest, I think that that maybe is like, hey, man, you know, be in, be in the car less, um, you know, uh, have a little bit in your house that's, you know, in case something does go bad, you know, you should have a little bit of a reserve, um, you know, and, and, and be conscious of the environmental impact. I mean, we've been trying like, hey, don't throw, let's, Let's not let's not create so much garbage, right? Because you know it's just it's just not as good. And you can see that with with something like um, with these uh, these crazy carbon dioxide emissions, like it's crazy how much that just a real crazy experiment that happened with this really weird virus kind of shows us that hey man, it's probably the fact that we're all just driving the crap out of our cars that's a really big influence on something well, like that. So it, it'd be cool down the line to see what emissions going lower actually does uh, to, again, like you said, the, the ecosystem. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, and it's not just the carbon footprint from vehicles, um, carbon footprint from manufacturing. Yeah. I mean, there's some countries won't name them, but they don't follow the carbon rules like we do in America. I mean, that's why so much stuff made in America is expensive because we're, conscientious about our carbon footprint and so the other countries right now aren't manufacturing everything's dead in the water so consumerism is a huge thing you know people will go out and buy i don't know 50 shirts and only wear 20 of them i mean do you really need 30 so that's right i think it's a time to reflect and think about how much you consume i mean it, it, it's pretty amazing if you really sit and think about the waste right Everything that we truly waste, like you're saying, you're driving around, so you're we're wasting fuel, which is a commodity. We're wasting, you're putting wear and tear on your vehicle. I mean, we're saving so much money here at our house. We're not having to drive. You know, we're 30 minutes from Gig Harbor, so anytime we have to go to the store, we have to take Titus to school, we have to do any of that stuff. I mean, our our gas bill is four to six hundred bucks a month. It's down to forty bucks a month. Yeah, that's that's again what's crazy. Like we completely paid off. Um, we completely <clears throat> paid off a little bit of of debt that was getting crazy on us, and and we're we're right now also um, getting ready to um, what is it? Uh, you know, have the have the van payment done. We'll we'll be that's the other crazy thing about this. When this Corona thing ends, yeah, we'll be we'll be completely debt free, which is pretty crazy we didn't have a large nugget but you know now with none at all that that's another layer of freedom so and and a lot of that a lot of that came from you know we're we're buying what we need not what we want you know so so it's it's interesting man you know i um i just think that there's a positive that can come out of this and and that's one it looks like we will get to hunt it looks like um you know it looks like Hopefully this is a, a chance to just look at human behavior and figure out really if your priorities are in line. You know, it's been cool to kind of like also trim the fat in terms of who you interact with, right? Oh, and yeah. not worry so much. Like, you know, there's a there's a gentleman that I follow. Uh, I've read uh, – I used to follow his content on YouTube, listen to his lectures, and then um, I've read his book, 12 Rules for Life, and I've engaged in some of his writing courses um, to kind of organize your life a bit, a gentleman named Jordan Peterson, and, and he always makes the case that, you know, man, if you want to change your life, you should change what's directly in front of you first, you know, rather than rather than tell people, you know, to fix global warming, maybe you should make your bed, you know, maybe maybe rather than um, worrying about, uh, you know, political engagement and, and what, you know, what the commander in chief's doing, maybe you should, um, you should tell your wife you love her in the morning. Like when you do those little things, it all adds up to making your life great. And to be, to be perfectly honest, if anything, um, too, a positive for me has been the amount of attention I'm providing and giving to the people who directly impact my life. It's at a higher level than it's ever been because I'm engaged with them every day more than I've ever been. And, um, 
I'll be honest, this this thing has made me a better family man. That is for sure. And I thought I was doing pretty good before. So something. Yeah, no, I mean, that's and that's the thing is that now that you get to spend time with your family, you got to cherish that time and understand that those are good times. Yes. I mean, we could get wrapped up in the busyness of life. I mean, you go to this. I mean, your kids are in this program and that program and that program and this program. And is it really necessary or are you doing it just because everybody else is? I mean, we need as humans, I think we need to slow down. I think the world is getting way too fast and Mm -hmm. things are getting left in behind us. Yeah, I was trying to set up an interview. Um, I'm working on one. Uh, there's a gentleman that um, there's a gentleman named Doug Dern. I'm trying to get on to the podcast, and um, we've been having a nice back and forth. And um, you know, I, I want to talk to him about um, how a state that doesn't have CWD how they should act to make sure they don't get it right, and just to maybe bring awareness to it because it's just not an issue here in Washington, but it seems like it could be. Um, cause it's, it's in places now where it wasn't 10 years ago. So something to think about guys, if that's a topic you're interested in, let us know. But, um, my issue is like talking with him, he, he said, you know, even now he's having a hard time getting used to all the attention that he's starting to get with some of his conservation issues and kind of like the, the wave of, of interactions that he's getting, uh, via his success with meat eater. But my, my issue there is like, we're probably not supposed to be used to that sort of attention anyway. You know, we're, we're probably not supposed to be right. used to what 10,000 people, you know, 3000 miles away from us are doing. Like, it's just not, it's not, it's not a, it's not a recipe or an equation. I, I think that, that we're really able to handle. Right. I think, I don't know what the number is, but I, I'll tell you what, I don't know what the number is, but shrinking my number to five has been really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it brings a lot a lot less stress right yeah a lot less so uh so that's another one and you know i said it before and, and you kind of put a different twist on it uh, i said last week about this corona thing that um it's a it's a virus that kills weak people and uh you you put it in an interesting way um that that makes me think maybe another positive on this and, and i kind of i kind of i'll let you, why why don't you bring up what, what you thought uh, that that kind of comment you made, and then I'll, I can give you my opinion on it. Well, I, <clears throat> and I kind of touched on it earlier about yeah. the wolves. I mean, you look at the wolves and how they went in, and what do they do? They they prey on the weak, right? They they take out the weakest ones, and that's part of um, dialing in the ecosystem. Because I mean, you, you look at the hoof rot disease in Washington State, right? And I think they have it in Oregon for elk. <clears throat> Since the introduction of wolves, we really haven't heard much of that in the last year or two years. Hmm. So, you know, the fact that it got to the point where they got hoof rot disease is, you know, pretty interesting that, you know, one or two or three get it and then four or five, ten, you know, the buildup just like a virus. So I was sitting there thinking, man, it, this COVID-19 is almost like the wolf in the fact that it preys on the weak and it takes out the weak. And what happens when people are weak and they're sick and everything else, you know, with whatever disease, they pass that disease on to the next person and to the next person. And I'm talking about fatal diseases, not just the COVID-19, you know. So it kind of a weird and, and could be a controversial thing, but it it's really is balancing out the world, the, the world can only have a capacity of so many people, right? Oh, and it yeah. has to weed out. And anymore, you know, it used to be by war. It used to be by plagues or diseases like COVID-19. I mean, it used to wipe out hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people to kind of, um, you know, keep that equal ecosystem balanced. Well, you're, you're talking about thinning the herd. I mean, yeah, there's, exactly. there's all types of reasons, I guess. You know, I've not, I've not farmed, right? I've not done, uh, you know, I've not worked in agriculture, you know. So, but I'd imagine, you know, you, you, with hunting, you can even look at it from a hunting perspective. You know, they issue tags in certain areas or restrict certain tags in every area because, you know, what I've come to, re- what I come to know, and, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but they issue 
they're they're issuing the tags based off carrying capacity of a particular land or, or region. And the thought is you want to um, remove some animals before the winter anyway because they're going to get removed anyway. And and then, like you said, with hoof, hoof rot and some other things, there's other reasons. You know, you don't want sick, gangly animals walking around spreading bad genetics. And uh, in a real insensitive in a real insensitive way, you don't want you know you don't want humans spreading bad genetics either. I mean. You can go way back to um, to certain um, societies that were warrior cultures that were really brutally honest about this. You know, if you look at like Sp- Spartan culture, you know, if there was a if there was a child born with a deformity, it was not not only was it not <laughs> welcomed into society, they went and threw it off the cliff. Now, I'm not saying that it's a good thing that that no, people, yeah, right. that people are dying. You know, you don't like that, but um, you know, t- it goes back to even my initial thing, like. At the end of this, are you going to do what you need to be doing to take care of yourself? Because I'm still as bad as this could have gotten, and as bad as it didn't get, and as much of a tragedy as much of a tragedy as it is that people did die from this strange new virus. There's going to be another virus. People are still going to die of the flu. Um, lots of people are dying of heart disease. You know, we're still keeping sugar on the shelves, and all of these things. To me, if you're still healthy and strong, you can probably avoid it. Like, I would, yeah, I would, te- sure. I would tell you right now. Give me Corona and watch what happens to me. Like, I would be willing to take that test because I'm pretty sure that I'd fight it off because I'm making good decisions every day. I'm pretty strong. I'm conscious of my immune system. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not throwing jewels in my throat. You know, I'm not vaping. I'm not smoking. Um, I don't have diabetes. I'm not obese, and and, th- and I'm not really old. Like. Those things seem to be what are killing people who have corona. So I, I just hope too that maybe this is a call to action to you know don't be don't don't be don't be a fringe athlete. Don't be a fringe human that's going to leave yourself susceptible to die from the next novel virus that pops up because in five ten years there's probably going to be another one. And to be you know to be perfectly honest, I don't I don't think that. I don't think it'll be as easy as this one. This seems to be on the easy button, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? We get a virus every single year, and people, 20 to 100,000 people die every year of the flu. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's just in the United States. Sure. So, so I mean, it's that's what's weird about this one. I guess it's just, the, and, and we keep saying this, but everybody's just freaking out because there's no cure for it or um, yeah, there's no way to protect yourself, quote unquote, from it. But I would think, you know, what I would – here's an interesting question. How do animal rights activists feel about – I mean, they're, they're, they're pro-wolves. They need to introduce wolves to balance the ecosystem. I wonder how they feel about COVID-19 and, um, and it balancing out the ecosystem. Does that make sense? I mean, it, yeah, no, I'm not very good at asking questions that those kinds of <laughs> questions, but no, it's a, um, you're trying to you're trying to get your thoughts out there. So I guess what you're trying to ask is balancing out the ecosystem by remo- by removing humans from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, are they? Because a lot of people are like, stay home, do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't. You you got to wear a mask. You got to protect the human life and blah blah blah. But they're not worried about the elk, the deer, um, other predators or anything that are getting killed by predators, they're, they just throw their hands up and say, hey, that's just part of nature of life. That's just how – that's the cycle, man. Mm. But then when it comes to humans, people have a whole different – then they kind of get compassion, a little more compassionate about death of humans. I, it, it's just interesting. Yeah. and that's... It's almost like a double standard in, in, in a way – because they're they're looking at it selfishly, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing the questions out there. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I would probably put you yeah, put myself in that frame. I mean, I'm a if if I'm anything, I'm a speciesist, and I'm on team human. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, um, you know, I think our I think our responsibility with what we've been gifted in terms of consciousness and <clears throat> our ability to adapt to environments and our ability to manipulate environments. You know, I think if anything we should have the responsibility to be stewards, you know, for the larger ecosystem. I believe that I really do. But I also believe that because we have those gifts that we should probably, we we should, 
I value human life more than other life. It's just, it's just, when it comes down to, you know, dogs or elk or, or whatnot, when push comes to shove, I, you know, um, I'm probably going to be on team human first and that, but that's not to say that I'm not going to try and act responsibly if that makes sense either. But, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. I don't know. So, um, interesting. Yeah, it gives the, gives the listener something to think about, maybe chat, chat about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, you know, those insensitive bastards over there at backcountry and barbells. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, well, that's, what's interesting. Like if anything, maybe hopefully you've taken the time to really think about some things that are you're scratching at, not just distracting yourself with, with, um, you know, with social media and whatnot. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lesson to be learned here. That's, that could make your life better. If you're willing to, to search it. I was talking to a fella on the phone yesterday, I guess there was like, there was like an Olympic javelin thrower a few years ago. I have to do some research on this story, but supposedly this guy, um, was a world championship javelin thrower and he had learned how to throw the javelin by watching YouTube videos and training two hours a day. So it just made you think, and he, and the guy made the point that like you can be a world championship athlete or you can be world-class at anything if you just dedicate the time to it. And to be perfectly honest, I think, we've all probably had some extra time to do certain things, you know, and it's not always going to be there. So, um, whatever's left of it, um, use it wisely and, uh, be productive with it. Yeah. And set goals for the future. I mean, like you're saying, um, prepare, prepare, you know, have, have food on the shelves that you could have, um, toilet paper, of course. Right. Um, physically prepare, get your temple, your body dialed so that you're in good shape and not, you know, feeling lagged down all the time and feel like you got to sit down all the time and, and stay active and, and, and good stuff. That's it. Like yard work. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, like yard work, you know, uh, hugging the wife, you know what I mean? Uh, teaching your kids something, you know, being engaged with them. Like, look, all my kids, you know, that's another thing. Like I've been doing the PE gig at home here. All my kids have pull-ups now, even my five-year-old Lucy, like, but putting together a, a structured strength routine and teaching them certain things. It's been really awesome to watch them do stuff. And although our baseball season was canceled, you know, we're, we've been holding baseball practices. So I've been teaching the kids how to, how to hit in the cage and, and do some things. So it's been a blast, man. There's, there's been some real positives with it. And, um, and, and another thing I've been writing a lot of, I've been writing a lot more programming. My, um, my buddy who, uh, I used to do a lot of work with out in Atlanta He's a physical therapist, and he's come, came up with a cool idea to start doing some um, aftercare training for his athletes. So, uh, just writing programmings, writing programs, and, and interacting with new people in that sense has been has been really fun to do. So, um, you know, with that extra time, I've, I've I've been those. That's how I've been using it wisely. You know, um, and and so I've I've benefited. I've benefited a little. I'll, <laughs> I I feel I. I'll tell you an emotion that I feel through this thing is guilt. Like I, I generally, you know, you hear of all the hardship. I have not experienced it through this thing. I almost feel guilty because, um, things have been really positive for me through this little, this little pandemic. Yeah. You know, it, <clears throat> it's same thing here. I feel like I've been making more money in the last month and a half than I have, you know, per month just because of everything we're able to save. Yeah. Cause we're not having to go everywhere, but yeah, I feel just as guilty and, Man, I, I pray for those out there that are are down in serious hardships. You know, construction guys, um, a lot of the blue collar workers that keep America rolling. I mean, it. Gosh dang, it's it's it sucks. We have what thirty five million people on unemployment, mm. and um, and, and the government stepped up and did some programs and stimulus check and this and that. But it still doesn't help the psych. It still doesn't help pay the bills. I mean, honestly, and it brings to like, again, human behavior. If we look at, if we look at, um, again, I I bring up this, uh, carbon dioxide emissions and I can only imagine that they're lower because there's just so many less cars on the road. Yeah. Um, but two, like if you are getting access to stimulus money, like I would, I would urge people to not, to not go crazy and, and go spend it on Amazon and go blow it on, on 
Xbox. Or Xbox. What, what you probably should try to do with that money, or like I've said, like I've, I'm getting some extra bucks, doing some extra training, um, and I've been fortunate enough to like, um, you know, I have a job that's continued to pay me, and I continue to do it from home, and we found a way to do it. But if you if you are fortunate enough to have extra money and you want to spend it, you should probably spend those dollars locally. Um, you know, Home Depot had a really cool thing about, you know, go hire a painter to paint the outside of your house, things, some things like that. You know, there are some things to be done. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's the best thing to do, but um, maybe to, to also, I do think with this whole situation that maybe we need to go back to having a more local infrastructure for things like food and, um, you know, utilities and certain, you know, if we, if we can shorten our, our supply chain, I think that that's probably a decent thing to do. And maybe that starts with when you do get your stimulus, when you do get your stimulus money, um, rather than blow it on an Xbox or, you know, um, some grand thing you don't need, um, uh, keep it tight and spend it local. Yeah, no, I, it's, a, it's a phenomenal idea. So, yeah. and you know, that's getting more and more popular anyway. So now I think this will just, I bet you this year the uh, farmer's market is going to be off the hook with everybody having time off and I having so. groceries. And <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, we'll me see. too. So, um, but getting on to programming, I know that last week too, uh, to switch gears and get into, yeah, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole, uh, goodness, let me see here. There's a whole, um, yeah, we just went a whole 30 minutes on living your life, <laughs> preaching, <laughs> preaching on a soapbox. Um, but, um, uh, I know we were talking training a little bit last week. Uh, we went through your kind of, um, your current setup and, and your laundry list of exercises and, and, and the volume, uh, you were getting through and I kind of remixed what you were doing and, and I kind of put together, um, I kind of put together a different way to look at it. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, Joe, um, I'm scared because it's a third of the amount of exercises I did before. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, um, all joking aside, I, I'm excited to try it out and um, jump into it. And um, after reviewing it, everything, I feel like it's going to really be very beneficial. Yeah. So I kinda... and spend and I'll be I won't be overtraining. Yeah, I it seems like this is the right balance. I kind of streamlined it, and, and there is some flexibility in there. Um, uh, I gave you a bit of a targeted warm up, but then I thought the other part that was interesting was um, I, I looked at what you were doing uh, for conditioning, cardio wise, and I kind of put a little bit more structure to that as well. But um, I, th I think with this setup, you get a little bit more um, you get a little bit more freedom, even that. Um, you could still do different exercises. Like if you look at each day, um, and, and what I had done with Jeremy, and I think um, by the time you guys, by the time you guys, uh, by the time you guys listen to this podcast, we'll actually have the PDF. I'll link it. I'll link it into the show notes. But um, what I had done is rather than Jeremy had about, if you go back to last week's podcast, you might want to check it out. But Jeremy had about, <laughs> Jeremy had about what was it? It was about twelve exercises you were doing every day for different. Um, you were doing for your workout, and you were cycling through them for kind of high reps and high volume. And what I had done was um, I'd organized Jeremy's workout in a way where um, he had a targeted warm up um, that was you know kind of uh, kind of for core strength, and then there'd be one movement that would kind of loosen him up or get him thinking about uh, his big set for the day. But uh, I organized the workout in a way where every strength or resistance training day starts off with, um, a big total body set where he hammers, um, an upper body push, an upper body pull, and then something for the lower body. And then after that, he hammers another auxiliary superset, which would be targeted at, um, supporting one of the movements in those. So you, you kind of get a little bit of a total body taste, but then you get some structured practice, at a particular region. And then the third section was I kind of simplified things and I gave you one kind of conditioning workout, but I gave it to you in three different ways where you could finish hard and, uh -huh. get, and get that kind of, get that kind of sweat that people like. 
Um, but then the, the fourth section is kind of like a closure piece where you do some breath work and stretching. Um, that's not long, but it's targeted. So it's streamlined. It should, once you get into the rhythm of it, it should take you 45 minutes uh, to under an hour. Um, but the cool part is that second superset, you can always change it and do anything. So like, um, for example, if we look at day one where you're doing a military press, that's just a standing dumbbell press, and you can go up and wait in reps for that. But then the, the superset after that is anything upper body push. So you could do tricep dips. Um, you could sub in, push up, push up variations, different bench press variations. But if you could think of anything that's press related or an upper body push, you could always sub those in and you can add extra movements as, um, as you're feeling frisky. Okay, so like on the upper auxiliary super three superset three rounds. Yep. Um, eight to twelve each movement. So I have you show three movements there. Yeah. Or four movements. I think it's three. Um, push ups, dips. Yep. And incline. Okay. And incline and press. Incline presses. Okay, so I do those three eight to twelve reps each. Yep, for three rounds. Okay, perfect. And then for the finisher complete rounds. Until failure, rest one minute after get-ups and before completing another. So maximum sandbag cleans. So I do that for 30 seconds. How many? For one, rest one minute in between each set for how long? No, so the way that workout's structured. So um, one of the conditioning sets that um, we'll have you on is um, you'll do sandbag cleans and then Turkish get-ups. So that last workout oh, okay. that last workout for all 3 days is always the same. You're always going to do uh sandbag cleans and turkish get-ups. But then okay. I just kind of tinkered with different formats so you could then build your own conditioning workout. So this first one is um what you do is you'll do max sandbag cleans in 30 seconds. Okay. Then you rest 1 minute excuse me, you do max sandbag cleans in 30 seconds. So you, however many you can get in 30 seconds, you go crazy. And then you do one Turkish get-up each side. And okay. then, then you rest one minute, and you do that five times. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there is no failure in this one. I kind of There's a little typo in there that we'll correct. But, um, but then the, the other two workouts are the same setup where you're going to do sandbag cleans and Turkish get-ups. But rather than give you that component where you're resting one minute between rounds, you're just going to do seven minutes straight okay. for that as long as possible. And then the final conditioning workout finisher is 100 cleans, 10 get-ups for time. So the goal is in sets of 10 where you're going to do 10 cleans, one get-up each side, um, you're going to get to 100 and 10 as quickly as you can. So it's just kind of... It's it's I wanted to use um I like this workout for a couple of reasons to finish your session because a Turkish get up hits everything and a clean kind of hits everything. But right. with the clean, it's fast and explosive, but the Turkish get up is kind of slow and controlled where you have to focus on stability. And the consistency here in the movements, one, you'll get better at the setup, but two, you can kind of see how these different um how these different workouts will affect your energy system differently. Whereas the first one is a super anaerobic push uh -huh. where it's, I need to be explosive. I want to get as fast as I can, but then I get to chill out and get some rest. And the other one's kind of a moderate, a moderate pace and a moderate, um, uh, moderate time domain. And then the last one is kind of, uh, it's, it should be a bit of a slug fest. Can you go long and slow instead of pace? So it's three different paces. And then honestly, as you get going, you can always change those movements a little bit and tinker with it. So I, I thought it, I thought it would be an interesting way. You have a, I like that sandbag that you have. And I actually thought that sandbag cleans do a really good job of maybe mimicking what's going to happen on elk hunt. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta you gotta slug that pack around. You know, there might be moments where you have to kind of work really hard to get up a hill, and then you can kind of stop and rest. And you know, I, I just thought it was a I thought it was a, a cool way to finish that to finish that. It'd be cool. It'd be cool if you uh. It'd be cool for you to attack that workout. I'd like to see you get after it. Yeah. No, dude. I'm excited. I'm gonna sh I'm gonna start Monday. Very cool. And then um, that that that's how you'll close each session kind of like in a sense where um that's going to be your last hard effort each day but um then after that I gave you a, 
I gave you a little bit of a, uh, a tap out session where you're going to do some breath work. And I really think that this is an important part. I talked about it last week. It's a, it's a part of a, a training session that I think is probably most neglected, just turning on that off switch to kind of right. give your body that a chance to reset. So what I had also done is, um, you know, day one is an upper body focus. Day two is a lower body focus. Day three is kind of a mix of both where you're doing some posterior chain work and you're doing an upper body pull with, with some hamstring work. But, um, day, uh, but each day also ends with a, um, a movement where you kind of slow things down and and do some mobility work and breath work in those positions. So I, I have you doing some, uh, external rotation work, with your shoulders on day one, and then on day two, I'm going to try and torture you and force you to get into a couch stretch, and I'd link that up for you as well. And then um, on day three, we kind of have you stretch in, in quadruped where you're kind of working that kind of cat-cow scenario that you might see yeah. in yoga classes. But the more important than even the stretching is just the breath work and just, just practicing some box breathing techniques and trying to get some some nose breathing in to just kind of – some slow nose breathing in to kind of just turn on the off switch so so your body's ready to start recovering and, and, and you don't have to be stressed out the whole day. Um, and I think that that's just a lingering effect that people often neglect when they think about their training. You know, do you ever turn off the, do you, excuse me, do you ever turn on the off switch? I think it's really important. Yeah, no, yeah, this is, I'm excited about this. It's going to give me an extra hour a day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, yeah. you know what's interesting about the other, um, the other program I was doing is last year I did half of what I did this year, and I don't know how it jumped up. Well, I don't I, really know. I was sitting there talking to Dave, and Dave is like, man, it sounds like you're doing like twice as much as you did last year. And I got to thinking, and I was like, yeah, how in the hell did that happen? Well, it's it's like cooking. It's like anything, you you or a car or even building Legos with my kid. Like You, you have an idea, and it looks good, and then... You go, oh, but that would be good too. Oh, but that works as well. Oh, I want to try this. And all of a yeah. sudden, you end up <laughs> having all this in there. And then, you know, or it's like mixing color. You know, all of a sudden, you know, you, you add a little white to some red and you got some pink and you like that, right? And then, you, oh, let me throw some purple in there and this and that. And all of a sudden, you do so much, you're just looking at a brown mess. Um, it's the same thing with training. And, and I think you, and that's why I kind of erred on doing less because it seemed like you were you were really bogged down by the volume and I saw all the reps you were doing. So I kind of trimmed some things down. Um, it's not to say that you can't build some things up, but what I also say too, is when you have a trimmed down workout, then you can actually put effort into those particular movements rather than always saving something for the other movements to come. Right. You know what I mean? So you can tinker with, uh, certain things to do here. Um, you can add a couple reps here and there to movements. You can always switch out movements and do different ones. I, th- I think with the, I think with the auxiliary supersets that follow your big sets, what you can end up doing is always, you can always switch those movements up. You know, if you look at um, even this day one that we wrote for you, where you're on your big set, you're doing military press, some single arm swings, and some suitcase style lunges. When you follow that auxiliary when you follow that big set with this auxiliary upper session, you know, I just try to get you pressing from different angles. You're right. You're doing an incline press, you're doing a push up, and then you're hitting some shoulder raises. Um, well, you can always switch up those, you know, you can do anything that would, you could, you could, um, instead of doing shoulder raises, you could sub in, uh, dumbbell flies instead of doing, uh, dips, you can do overhead tricep extensions. Instead of doing incline press, you could drop down and do some weighted push up. So, like you can have a little bit of fun and freedom with this, right? As you get going, and right. as you find that, as you find that you want a little bit more, you can always add a little movement there. So I still think that there is some flexibility for you to do some stuff. Yeah, no, I'm super excited, dude. Thank you for doing this. Sweet. Yeah, no, I think it'll be a cool little. It'll be it'll it'll be cool for folks. I know we had talked about doing this um, last week, but it'll, it'll also be cool for folks to just see side by side. Um, I I think what you what you had talked about last week and what you had shared with me is pretty typical where you you just start throwing exercises at problems or you just start adding this and that and then then by the time you add so much so many bells and whistles and different auxiliary movements you kind of forget why you're training um and i also think that this little program kind of gives you some perspective of of 
what I want you to do is kind of focus on getting stronger. Um, and then, and then we can, you know, after you, you build strength first. And I think from being strong, all other things fall into line. I think that's the, I think that's the most important thing people can do. Um, especially now when, when more folks are sedentary than not is I think the stronger you are going into the woods, the better. And then if you compare that with a little bit of a cardio base, I, I think you'll be okay. Um, well, and, and it seems like to me that, um, my injuries will go down cause I've had quite a few injuries this year. Yeah. Ha, ha, now they've, and that's another thing. Like if you're getting hurt in your training, something's wrong. Like I just, I definitely think that, you know, training should be a safe place where you're experiencing some gains and, and you're making improvements on your body. It, it shouldn't be where you're getting hurt all the time. So if you are getting hurt, you have to switch something up. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that's. You know, I, being injured is no fun, right? And being hurt all the time and sore all the time is no fun. So, um, you know, your, your training should be something you enjoy. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, I know that for me it's easy to attack. You know, I like to start each of these sessions that I wrote for you with what I call a big set. And I think uh, having a big set at the top of – if you're if you're like a garage athlete, a weekend warrior, you know, if you're stressed out with three kids and a full-time job and you're trying to get any training and you can, when you can, I like to start workouts off with what I call this big set. And the big set should encompass, I think, three kind of compound style movements that you're always going to do. And the reason I like to do that is you might miss a day. Um, Your kids might shorten your workout up. And to me, if you can always get the big set in every day, you can always at least get a little something for everything, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, that makes total sense. So what I, so you don't just give up because, oh, I'm not going to do my program today because I have to do this. Yeah. Well, and, and sometimes things come up that, that make you not do it. So what I had done with your big sets is it's it starts off with five sets of five, and it's always three movements. And like I had said before, each day is themed to focus on an upper body press, a lower body push, and some big posterior chain work. And what ends up happening, um, you do three movements that would also support those. So if you look at day one of this program, uh, Jeremy's going to do a, a, a standing dumbbell press or a military-style press. Um, on day two, his top set uh, starts with a squat. And on day three, his posterior chain day, it starts with a deadlift variation. Um, and the cool part there is what you're always trying to do is progress that movement somehow. Um so for me, it's pretty easy to progress it with weight because I have a pretty big setup in the garage where I can always go heavier and switch movements and I have barbells and different things. So um, I kind of left the squats and the deadlifts open um, in the this press open because I wanted to talk with you about in your garage setting, I mean, how do you think or suppose that you might be able to progress those movements? Like do you have extra weights or – um, no, cause you don't so, have a barbell, um, right? Uh, no, I don't have a, bar- I have like a, a cheap barbell that is, uh, that only goes up to 75 pounds. Okay. And then I have um, my dumbbell set that only goes up to 30 pounds, but I am, well, I tried to go get some stuff from PR fitness, but they were closed. Oh, okay. So they weren't open. No. So I got to try to get some um kettlebells and then um i might get a dumbbell set i don't know yeah so i i think that that brings up a really cool question where like there are different ways to progress other than just loading things up so like this this set this big set starts for you with um five sets of five well the next week you could progress that linear linearly rep wise so you could just do five sets of six then okay. you could do five sets of seven the next week, then five sets of eight. Um, and, and I've done little linear progressions like this um, for folks too. In particular, I, I had one female athlete who I'm currently training right now. She's had a lot of issues developing upper body strength. So what we ended up doing was putting her on a floor press movement where it's a press variation where you, you kind of, um, you kind of, you, Rather than lay on a bench, you lay on your back on the floor and you press from there. It's kind of, it's, it's happy for the shoulders. It's a press variation that I like to do. And if you go back to my Instagram feed, you guys can check that out. You'll see it in action. Um, and there's tons of different variations of it, um, you know, on YouTube or whatnot, check it out. But 
what we had done with her was she started with the barbell and was just increasing linearly um, a pound every workout. And then when the pound struck out, we had taken her back down to the barbell and then we had started, we'd taken her back down to a light percentage, excuse me, and then started progressing her rep wise linearly each workout. But over time, it took a few months, but we really got her to break through some things and develop some upper body strength. So there is some interesting ways and some different ways other than just load. So uh, you could go up reps each week, each workout. Uh, the other thing that you could do is you could make, you could change the movement or make the movement more complex. Um, so rather than you could press, maybe you, you could do, um, you could combine the military press, you could get your dumbbells and your barbell and you could then combine it with a band perhaps. Uh, oh, yeah. so, so there's different ways. Uh, but, um, or another tough way is you could add tempo to it. Um, rather than just blast through the movement and bring it down. Uh, I talked about this on a Fitness Friday podcast a few weeks ago. If you are limited in terms of your weight, uh, one way to increase intensity or to get some more time under tension or to get a stronger muscle contraction is to um, to add a time domain to it. So you could, uh, rather than just blast the press over your head, you could press for five seconds. You could press for a five-tempo hold for five and then bring it down for five. And you, and you'll find that if you add time to that press um, or that squat or that deadlift, it'll bring another layer of intensity to it. That'll, that'll make it harder and uh, stimulate progress. Okay. So that's good. And I was thinking on the squats too, I could throw my pack on. I you know, it's, I think it's 60 pound sandbag in my back, my backpack and then use the sandbag and then um, do that. Yeah, well, the other thing is like I really like to the the awkward loaded squat. So let's say even for your squats, if you just did like sandbag squats, um, uh-huh. I would squat for tempo. You know what I mean? I would okay. I would see how long you can go down, and then come up. You know what I mean? So maybe this first week you're doing your you're doing your five sets of five. Um, that second week maybe you'll just go down for a five count, hold for five, and then come up. And then the third week, maybe you'll go down for five, hold for five, and then come up for five. So, um, it, okay. And then, and then there's again, if we look at the squat too, there's other um, there's other movement variations you could do to make it more complex. So, there's a thing in weightlifting called a one and one quarter squat. And the reason you would train a one and one quarter squat with a barbell, if you're a weightlifter, is you're going to try and um, you're going to train your ability to catch the bounce out of the bottom of a clean. So if you think of this squat variation, what you end up doing is you go down, hit the bottom, and then you only come up halfway, go back down, and then come up. So you're giving yourself another quarter rep. So that might be another variation you could try to add some complexity to your squat. But, um, you know, I would take this first week and just hit the movements right now hard and aggressive because I think a component in training that, that folks – often just don't bring into it is that 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 velocity that aggression um i think it's a really important component that that's often missed um we're not jumping as adults as much as we used to or we're not getting in fights as much as we used to we're not sprinting as much as (laughs) we're not sprinting as much as we used to so it's cool to just if you have a enjoy it and do it hard too you know that level of intensity so you could even do like you know, you, you could take the pack off and just do jump squats and focus on jumping as high as you could. And, and that would force you to land and jump, but it would also get that maximal muscle contraction that you're probably lacking a little bit. All right. So there's ways uh, we can tinker with ways to, 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 to make those top sets um, a little bit more challenging or a little bit interesting. But the, the key with that top set is you have, you have less reps um, you have a couple more sets, but the thought is to uh, challenge the movements in a way where you can progress them. But then um, each day, those mu- those movements are also supported um, by an auxiliary movement. So if you look at day one, where your superset starts with the military press, that's the movement that we're trying to progress. But then you also are doing single arm kettlebell swings and then a lunge, uh, a single sided lunge, and. Uh, I went this route because uh, the single-sided movements force you to balance in a particular way um, that's really going to benefit your trunk and your core. So when you're doing a single-arm kettlebell swing, 
if you're if you're holding it in your right arm, your left side of your body has to compensate in a in a really strong way that you're only going to get by carrying something awkwardly. And you're going to get that same stimulus when you do your suitcase loaded lunge where you're just holding the dumbbell on one side. So it's a sneaky way to kind of attack the trunk. But if you notice that single arm kettlebell swing is also going to be an auxiliary movement for your deadlift day. And you're going to do that twice. So you get a little bit of deadlift practice to lead into your deadlift day. And then the same thing happens um, You go when you look at your squat day. On day two, you're squatting. But on days one and three, when you're not squatting, after your big set, you're doing lunges, which will which will support that squat and also keep some leg strength going. So you can kind of see how um, you're getting a little taste of everything in that big set. But that little taste is also supposed to support the other movement that you're trying to progress on the other days. Right. So... Um, Sweet. That was the thought. Uh, it's kind of a streamlined way to go at it. It'd be interesting to see what you guys think. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about these things sometimes without seeing them. So um, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after Jeremy approves it from this podcast, um, I'll link this up and get the PDF. Yeah, do it. I'll link this PDF into the show notes so you guys can check it out. Um, and then I want to get your thoughts. What did you think of the conditioning work that I threw your way? Um, and let me flip over to it. No, I thought they were good. I mean, it's a little different than I've ever been used to. So I'll be, um, it'll be, I'll be curious to see how it works. And I know you, I know you have the bike, and I know you have, I know you have the bike. Um, so you can also do it. Um, you can do this stuff on that bike. But the the thought is, um, you would alternate between a strength day and a conditioning day, um, and doing so, you know, again, we're attacking different energy systems. I found that when I incorporate these conditioning days, I'm also more recovered for my resistance training days. So, um, I don't know, it breaks up the novelty of things. Um, gives you a different, gives you a different way to go about some, um, some, uh, cardiovascular training, uh, to build some aerobic capacity. So, um, I implemented no. this stuff for elk camp last year. And I have to say, I felt really great attacking the mountain. And now when you, okay, so you have it listed as day one, two, three, and four. Yep. And then um, these other three exercises. So is this a seven day workout plan? Yeah. So the way I have it going is um, you could always, you would alternate between the sessions. So there's three strength days. There's an upper press uh-huh. day, a lower push day, and then the posterior chain day. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You could do it that way. And then there's also um, four days of conditioning. And the way that I want you to structure this and to give you some flexibility is you would never do two resistance training days in a row, and you would never do two cardio sessions in a row. Right. Okay. And then you could kind of pick and choose whatever order you could kind of bounce back and forth. And the other thing is you could you could also combine these two workouts. If you, let's say you had, a two hour day and you really wanted to challenge yourself. If you had a Saturday or whatnot, you could do, you could do the upper body press day and then pair that with, um, the day one recovery run. If that was up on the menu for the day, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you went back to your resistance training, you would either do your lower body push or your posterior chain day. But then when you went back to your cardio, you would pick day one, excuse me, you would pick day two, three, or four. And then okay. you, you kind of can go back and forth in that. So um, they could be tacked as individual workouts over a seven-day period. Um, you could take whole rest days in between and miss it. But I wouldn't get so fixated on like Monday, Wednesday, Friday or resistance training days as much as um, I want to alternate between – resistance training and conditioning training. And, um, I just want to try and get both in and vary it up. Perfect. Yeah. You know, I'm a systems guy and if I don't throw it on the calendar, <laughs> it, it, yeah. I'll get it, I'll get it jumbled in my head cause I don't write it on my calendar. Sure. Except for, I know what I do Monday. I know what I do Tuesday. I know what I do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll try to learn that flexibility and 
Oh no! Well, Maybe I got to do like a lot of the guys do and get a whiteboard and <laughs> well, cross if, out. If if we work in rigid systems and we want to like if that's if we want that you can definitely I would a hundred percent put it on the calendar and you could attack it um, every day of the week. So I would I would end up then for you on Monday, Wednesday, Friday hit the upper press, lower push, and posterior chain day, and then Tuesday I would do day two cardio. Uh, Thursday, day three cardio, um, Saturday, day four cardio, and then I would try to use Sunday and hit that day one. And the cool part about the day one cardio, like if that's the day that you'd rather take a walk with Michelle, then you don't have to do that workout, but you could maybe mimic that setup a little bit where, you know, you're going to take a nice easy stroll. Maybe you take a hike, you know, that that's what I would do with that one. That's what Michelle usually tells me to do is take a hike. Yeah, that's right. Yours too. <laughs> Yours too. But, but no. The, so that one's easy. <laughs> but th- this was a fun thing to do, and it'd be interesting to see if uh, folks can follow along with it and maybe um, see the benefit of, of what we're trying to do and how we kind of restructured what you were doing to bring a little bit of structure to it. And, you know, we trimmed some of the movements so you could – apply real intensity to the movements that you do do um and uh i don't know it'd be interesting to see what your thoughts are as you move forward with it this might this will be a kind of a uh i don't know a plastic document and that it'll change and 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 that's what that's what i think training is anyway like even the folks that i work with um doing a bunch of programming for for um you know for my for my friend out of his physical therapy practice like you know, even if you are training remotely with for folks or if you do have a good trainer that you work with personally, like it shouldn't be – I've never taken training as a my way or the highway approach. Like when people have work, when people have stress, when people have hobbies, if all those things are going to change, well, so should your workout too. Like it's my right. job to structure – a program that's going to make you happy, uh, that a program where you're going to see progress, a program that you actually enjoy doing, because if you don't enjoy doing it, you're just going to, you're going to quit it. That's just the way it is. Anyway, there's enough training out there. There's enough trainers out there. There's enough options for training where people are going to go do what they want anyway. So you might as well give them a little bit of what they want and kind of my thought is I'll sell people on things as we go. Like if you if you sat and trained with me long enough, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too long before I start throwing Olympic weightlifting variations at you, where I want you <laughs> to, to start jumping at barbells and 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 it it would show up in a sneaky way. It, it you know you don't have a barbell, but so so we'd have to get creative with it. But we'd get you there. I always try to get people run and jumping and some stuff like that. So no, I'm I'm interested to see what you think. Yeah, no, I'll do um, I'll do a before and after picture. Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay. See if it just no, just to see if it changes my body disposition. No, that's right. Right. Yep, that's right. I mean, there's lots of ways to track it. Um, you know, and that's important too. Um, and even on those little cardio days we wrote for you, if you think about that, um, you know, I make a note to find some simple measure. So, you know, if you get on your bike, um, you know, pay. I'm sure it gives you some calorie output or time or distance. You know, that that'd be important to track somehow. Um, but no, it, whatever you're tracking, you know, whether that's a picture on your iPhone or a, um, you know, a, a calorie output reading, um, from your, your Fitbit, you know, there, there's a, there's value to it, but the, the key is to consistently track the same thing. Right. Sweet. Well, cool, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what you think. I'm excited to see what you guys listening think. Uh, I'll link, um, I'll get to work on, square in both these documents i have jeremy's picture with his list and um i have my kind of retooling restructuring of it and uh, i'll get to work and make sure by in these show notes uh check it out there should be a linked pdf where you guys can follow along and um if you guys want to jump on that program as well and do jd's um remixed workout uh that's right you might get some benefit (laughs) from it too um, well, this was cool, man. Uh, it looks like we're coming out of this thing, Jeremy. Um, me and you have some hunting planning, uh, hunt, hunting plans to solidify. Uh, we're going to yes, get sir. out of here on, uh, I think the, what is the weekend of May 16th? We should get out and, um, bag some gobblers and, uh, hopefully all you guys, um, as you're listening to this, 
uh, you're getting ready uh, here in Washington to uh, go get some turkeys. I'm sick of watching all these guys in Oregon and all over the country. They're smoking turkeys. There was a, you know, John Dudley. Do you, you, John Dudley's the guy that um, I do a lot of my archery technique from. Uh huh. Well, he killed. He wears these like hex suits, which I guess uh, if I couldn't tell you what the technology is, but it whether I don't know what it does. But he's a believer in them. And what he ended up doing was he he bagged a turkey in an open field sitting in a chair. No blind. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've seen those. They, they got a lot of those hex videos out there, and it's it's pretty funny watching them. Yeah. So I, th- I think it was pretty crazy. Um, and I know that last year um, when we talked with Phelps, he kind of talked about uh, – he was saying, hey, you should get a blind. You should uh, – maybe you might want to think about – having a decoy um and we had the decoys and we were calling we didn't take the blind out but we ended up not needing a decoy um we we brought that bird right into a good spot so i'm hoping we can do the same again but uh um uh, i hope we have a little bit of luck i hope anyone who gets out in washington has a has a good bit of luck and um i'll just be looking forward to get out in the woods jeremy i'm glad it's going to happen amen me too brother cool and i hope it happens for you guys so share your turkey hunting stories as they're coming out and um Wishing you all the best. This is Joe Shamanic, hoping you guys can train, hunt, and live the best lives possible. Jeremy Day, always a great time talking to you, buddy. Yeah, no, man. Thanks. I uh, can't wait to try this uh, this workout out. So thank you for that. And um, to all the listeners, God bless America. Get after it, folks. <laughs>